This is the OTP presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Farm Bureau Health Plans is healthcare coverage the way it ought to be. High quality, sensibly priced, and easy to apply for at FBHP.com. With Amy Wells, Coach Dave McGinnis, and the ever-reliable Rhett Bryan, I'm Mike Keith, and we are back at Ascension St. Thomas Sports Park. Home sweet home. Home sweet home from Indianapolis. I would say it was a great trip. It was a great trip. It, it was incredibly efficient, which I like. I like it when we can get in, we can see a lot of people, get a lot of work done, get a lot of information for Titans fans, and then get out of there. We came back before Dave McGinnis did. You stayed till Monday? Monday morning. Wow. Yeah, was that, uh, this was a great trip. It really is. This is very valuable to me since i mean for what we do and and for the quality of content that we put out also for our draft show plus i've been to every one of them i don't want to break my my streak but the the (laughs) thing about it was is those dates from thursday to sunday i mean you know you're six seven hours in lucas oil but the the amount of people i'm able to talk to while we're watching you know everybody work and then just the conversation that goes on between groups i mean it's it's really valuable uh i absolutely love it i mean and so to me, uh, this time of year, for what this is, I, this is one of my favorites. Do you have specific people you watch the Combine with? Yes. Okay. Yes, I, I do. And, and especially uh, especially uh, groups of people and, and, and assistant coaches, you know, watching. Because most everybody else is up in the suite. You know, everybody else is, is up in the suite. But, yeah, and then I have, you know, people that I, that I talk to that I've talked to for years that we all keep it, you know, within a pretty, within a pretty tight circle. Rep Brian, what did you enjoy most about the combine? I enjoyed all of it. I mean, it was great. Uh, I thought, uh, learned a lot, saw a lot of you know things that I liked. Uh, saw some people who could help the Titans. Um, excited for you know this whole process. I'm, I'm always ready for it. All so. right, Bef- before we dive in, a couple things we've got to mention right off the top. Uh, the Titans ticket office has shared this with me, and I want to share it with the OT people. They are saying that the Titans are putting on sale the Fireball Fast Pass this Friday. All nine home games, that's the preseason and the regular season home games. You know, one of the games is in London, a home game's in London this year. That's not included in this. All nine games at Nissan Stadium, $350. Wow. Whoa. Price will jump to $400 on April 1st. Not an April Fool's joke. No, not a joke. Limited quantities available. Also not a joke. Here's how the Fireball Fast Pass works. You get a 300-level ticket to all nine home games in 2023 for $350. That's less than $40 a ticket. Now, you get a different seat every game, but here's the key. If you purchase a Fireball Fast Pass, you have playoff priority. That's huge. So the Titans get to host playoff games. You get a chance to buy tickets to be there. Now, I'm going to give you a little bit of a complicated web address, but this is important, and I know the OT people can follow it. TennesseeTitans.com slash tickets slash fireball dash fast dash pass. Okay, I know that's a lot. Yeah, but you can do it. But but you can do it because you're smart. TennesseeTitans.com slash tickets slash fireball dash fast dash past 
This will be updated Friday morning with the correct information and the purchase link. So if you're thinking about doing the Fireball Fast Pass, even if you can't make all the games, it's still worthwhile, you know, for three or four games because you're in. Yeah. Uh, the Fireball Fast Pass is one of my favorite things that the Titans do because most of the time, all you want is a foot in the door. You just want That's to it. be in Nissan Stadium. Well, and we understand. W- would we like for you to buy a season ticket? Yes. And you can buy those right now. We, we would love it if every one of the OT people had a season ticket but not but everybody that's not reality that's not reality we know some of you are listening in different parts of the country in different parts of the world wherever so again one more time Friday morning they go on sale you can immediately dive in Friday morning tennesseetitans.com slash tickets slash fireball dash fast dash pass well, Mike, I've got one for you and uh, okay. for the OT people as well, especially if that link is driving you to drink a little bit, um, which it shouldn't be because it's really Come not on. that bad. Y'all can do it. They can do it. <laughs> you guys can do it. But really. We don't do that every week. No, we don't do it every That's week. That's one time for something special. Just type down what Mike said. It's not that big of a yes. deal. But if it's making you thirsty, yes. sh- shall I recommend the Tennessee Titans wine club it's more of a premium wine experience really it's called the foolish club it's the official wine club of the tennessee titans they have handcrafted napa valley wines exclusive access to private events and complimentary tastings visit here's an easy one foolishclub.com to sign up now and receive three or six premium napa valley wine bottles twice a year along with tons of other benefits is it three or six you can choose you can either get three or six. Oh, okay. you decide okay yeah it's not like a we're not just gonna throw you some and maybe you get three maybe you get six you some select. people get four or five <laughs> yeah yeah we just i mean we're all drinking here. Yes. You get how many's in the box. Yeah. No, you select three or six. Okay. Depending on the package you choose. Join the Foolish Club today and elevate your wine game while showing off your Titans pride. And I will say, of the wines that I have tried, which I think is all of them. Which figures? Phenomenal. <sighs> wow. Phenomenal. No, I, I'm not even mad at that because whatever. Mike's going to say what he's going to say. I, they are good. Yeah. They're well, the, really good. The Highly wine recommend. drinker in my house is a huge fan of the Pinot Noir. Huge mm-hmm. fan. It's really, really good. Yes. We always have some in our house at all times. Definitely worth it. Highly recommend. All right. So we've got Fireball Fast Pass Friday. We've got the Foolish Club talking wine. Now let's talk combine. There we go. All right. The the man who may love Coach Mack more than anybody in the world is the Reese's Senior Bowl Executive Director, Jim Nagy. He loves Coach Mack. He loves to talk to Coach Mack. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? That's true. All right, so I'm going to read you a Jim Nagy quote, Coach Mack, and I want you to translate it for those of us who've not done this for a living in the way that you have. Jim Nagy said, quote, Combine's over. Plenty of data to digest. Now the time to recheck our eyes on the tape. Can't be afraid that maybe saw it wrong. Don't have to be right until April. Remember. The quote-unquote evaluation process is a process. Coach Mack, what does Jim Nagy mean by that statement? Now, evaluations are, is a fluid-moving being. And whatever you have, you can't form any concrete opinions early, and you, you don't get set in your ways on anything. You take all of these pieces, it's just like you take a big puzzle, and you look at the picture on the box, 
you know what it's supposed to look like and you pour it out on a desk and start piecing it together. These are the pieces and you cannot get, don't be, what this is saying, don't be an IE. I learned that so fast in my young career, instant evaluator. Okay. Don't be an IE. Take all the information and be willing, not only to bend, but be willing to change, you know, your ideas. Have an idea of what your opinion is, but respect the opinion of others and also respect, you know, the process. People always talk about the process, but this is an ongoing, it's like an amoeba. It moves all the time, and sooner or later, it's going to form into a solid being. That comes on the three days of the draft. That's when that comes. But right now, it's exactly what he means, and everybody that's done it for, as you say, a living is doing that right now. People don't like that. People want immediate answers. You know, who's where, where, where are we picking, when are you picking, what's next? It's not the way it works. So, Coach, give me an example of a player or two that you need to recheck your eyes on the tape. Luke Schoonmaker, tight end from Michigan. I, I need to take a, take a look at him again, again. Now, at the Combine, 6'5", 251. Uh, Four six three. I didn't know he was that fast. One five nine and a ten. You know, I, I I like that. And then thirty three and a half vertical jump doesn't blow you away, but a ten seven broad kind of tells you the guy's got a little something to him. I need to watch him again. I need to watch Luke Schoonmaker. And the other guy I need to watch, Lucas Van Ness from Iowa. Van Ness is not a starter. You know, and, and he played a lot of four eye. Four eye, which means Mike Keith is a tackle. I'm looking right straight at him. I'm gonna line up on his inside eye and do a lot of things inside. When you watch him, you don't see what he probably will be in the National Football League. 6'5", 272, 4'5", 40, 34-inch arms, you know, 11-inch hands, uh, a 16410, which was excellent, broad jump of 910, a three-cone. This is what caught my attention, 7.02. That's really good for a man 6'5", 272 pounds, 17 reps on the bench. Mike always talks about short-arm guys are better on the bench. This is a long-arm guy. So I need to watch Lucas Van Ness from Iowa again, knowing that I'm going to be watching some limited reps because he was not a starter. But this is a football player. All right, I want to bring in Rhett Bryan and keep Coach Mack, and I want you to bounce back and forth on this. Who are some of the players who potentially improved their stock with NFL teams? Not, not improved their stock with the draft analyst and the fans, but improved with the teams with their work in Indianapolis. A young man I got to interview and talk to for a moment at the Senior Bowl. He's a defensive lineman from Northwestern, Tommy Atabare. 6'2", 282 pounds, arms 33 and 7 eighths, hands 10 and a half. He had a bench press of 225, 30 times. Vertical leap, 37 and a half inches, broad 10 foot 5 inch. That's crazy. Three cone drill, 6.90, short shuttle 4.05. All of those in the 90th plus percentile for a guy, 282 pounds. So he's quick and he has long speed. And he has long arms, too. And he has long arms. Two-headed snake for me. I'm pulling an Amy Wells, but they're at the same school. <laughs> Jacorian Bennett from Maryland. Okay. Cornerback. 4-3 in the 40. That takes your attention real quick. 5'11", 188 pounds. Uh, one four eight ten. 40 and a half vertical jump and 11-10. That's an athlete. I didn't realize he was all that when I'm watching. But right on the other side at Maryland uh, is, Deontay, is, is Deontay Banks, okay? 4-3-5, foot one ninety-seven. They've got a track team there at cornerback. one four nine ten, forty-two 42-inch vertical, 11-4, broad jump. Two athletes, they've upped their stock. I will see those gentlemen, and I will raise you wide receiver from West Virginia, Bryce Ford 
Wheaton, a redshirt senior from West Virginia, 6'4", 221, ran a 4'3", 40-yard dash at that size, a 41-inch vertical leap. His 20-yard shuttle was 4.15. Lots of explosion there for a guy that is – this is not a, a wide receiver class with lots of big, fast, prototypical wide receivers. So anybody that meets those measurables in height and weight, you start paying attention to because there's a lot of shorter, smaller – rich with talent uh, wide receivers that can help you, you know, slot receivers and the like. They're just not a lot of big guys. Stay with the receivers. A.T. Perry from Wake Forest. This is a bigger receiver. 6'3 and a half, 198, 33 and a quarter arms, 447 in the 40, 159, 15910, and 35-inch vertical, 11-1 broad. So you've got an athlete. When you watch him on tape, he's got a lot, he's a long guy, quick feet. Here is what he's got. To me, this is a high ceiling, lower floor guy. But when you watch him on tape, the one thing you start dinging him on is erratic hands. So you go back and you look again and you see. But uh, A.T. Perry from Wake Forest. Let's go with uh, a tight end in this from Old Dominion, Zach Kuntz. Six foot seven, 255 pounds, 34-inch arms, hands 10 and 2 eighths, wing nearly 84 inches. Wow. Ran a 4.5540 and a 40-inch vertical leap. Now, our friend Daniel Jeremiah talked about this is one of the best tight end draft classes in the last decade. This is a guy who is a middle-round prospect who can help you and clearly shows with the size. He has explosion to go with it. But uh, that is just one of many tight ends that will have their names called that weekend. Sidney Brown, safety from Illinois. This is a 5'10", 211 pound, just a dynamo, you know. And when you watch him move down there on the floor at Lucas Oil – uh, 10 and one quarter hands, 447 in the 40, 15110, 40 and a half vertical jump, broad jump 1010, bench 23. So you've got an athlete. Now, when you watch him on tape, you start to, there's always minuses. You start to look, well, his hips a little tight. Got 10 career interceptions, six in 2022. This is a ball player. One last one for me, and that is UT Chattanooga Moccasin, McClendon Curtis, offensive lineman, 6'6, 324. Arms 35 inches, so his wing is around 84. Hands 10 and 2 eighths. He's a monster person. We met him at the Senior Bowl mm-hmm. in, in Mobile. His uh, uh, 40 now for 6'6, 324 is 524, but his 10 yard split, that first 10 yards, 1.85. The mark that is noticeable in that is around 174, but for 6'6, 324, right. he's moving in that 10 yards where it's going to matter in the trenches. So he can pull. Yes. Okay, if I were still coaching, this is a school visit I'd want to go see. I want to go to Kansas State. I want to watch Felix Anuke Uzama. This is a guy, to me, 6'3", 255 pounds, that to me, when you look at him, this is a guy that you look at and you say, there may be something there on the third day. All right, so I've got another Jim Nagy quote for you guys. He said, Florida quarterback Anthony Richardson is an immensely talented physical specimen, yet a significant roll of the dice at the same time. There's no nuance to the Richardson eval yet. TV networks will debate it for the next two months. April is going to be brutal. I'll ask Rhett first, and then Mac, you can chime in. Did Richardson do enough to fully sell a team to pick him in the top half of the first round? Absolutely. And the answer to that is he was already there, and he cemented it. Uh, you look at the measurables, 6'4", 244, hands 10 and a half inches. We always talk about the quarterback's hands. But a 4'4", 3 times second 40, 40 and a half inch vertical leap. 
Now, that's the explosion, the athleticism that everyone has been talking about. It's the arm and the other things and the accuracy that go with it. If you want to fall in love with a quarterback, take a look at him when they finished up all of, all of those short routes and things, the drills they were doing. But look at a go route. He's got the touch. He had the touch there. Uh, clearly, there's things that he will have to refine and work on. But, yes, the answer is yes. One of the most impressive physical workouts I've seen in a long time at the Combine. I've seen every one of them. That was, that was impressive. And he just kept doing it. It wasn't like he did one thing good and then one thing a little bit. And he was very, very consistent. And going along with what Rhett says, when he was throwing, he was in rhythm. He was throwing in rhythm. He was very confident, very impressive. So the answer to that question is absolutely yes. And effortless. Flicked a ball 60 yards on a go route like it's nothing. Coach Mack, uh, Richardson's performance at the Combine did surprise some, but really no one who watched him play high school ball or college ball. He's, he's like Cam Newton in terms of his size and that otherworldly athleticism. Is Cam Newton the proper comp for Anthony Richardson in terms of risk-reward, or can you think of another player? Dante Culpepper. Okay. Out of UCF in 99, the 99 draft, you know, and I, and I, I go back a while with this, but, you know, I, I pulled my book out on Culpepper from the 99, just like I got this book here. Six three and three quarters, 255, okay? Hands nine and a half, four five two forty at 255, all right? One five seven ten three cone seven two one thirty nine inch vertical jump at two fifty five broad jump of ten in the ninety nine draft that was a Tim Couch Donovan McNabb uh, Akili Smith draft uh, and then look this guy played for eleven years and at Minnesota he was outstanding I coached a lot of defenses against Dante Culpepper he was a problem running I, I think he set he set season records uh, in two thousand four single season season record for most total yardage produced by a quarterback. In 2004. It's Dante Culpepper for me. Wow. Mac, when you moved back to Nashville from California, did you bring your box of old notebooks? Boxes. Like, like I've got to make sure I get some bedding. I've got to get my clothes. Refrigerator. I got, yeah, refrigerator. Yeah. I got to get my box of old notebooks. Wasn't all worried about all that other stuff. I wanted my boxes of, of notebooks. I can get by without that other stuff. I got plenty of people that'll take me in. But those, absolutely <laughs> I did because I've, I've got... 37 years of them. Wow. But, Mac, those banker boxes full of those notebooks, it's because up until the last half dozen of them, your mortgage was riding on it. Yeah. I mean, it was it was important. That's it was, why it's important to you now. It was the way I made a living. And so this is – I'm still making a living somehow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's fascinating. I want to keep talking about quarterbacks, though. Sorry about the tangent. Quarterback Bryce Young is someone that we were all kind of talking about going into the combine, and he measured a shade over 5'10", Yet zero people seemed to care. There was no conversation about it. Rhett, were you surprised by the fact that everyone was like, eh, okay, when he measured as short as we expected him to be? No, and I'll tell you why. Look, we all had an idea about what he was going to measure in at and his hand size and the whole thing. Unless his pituitary gland kicks into overdrive, he's not going to grow overnight (laughs) or whatever and sprout up like Jack and the Beanstalk. the weight is what I was looking at. He registered in at 204. You can tell he had been working to put on that because you want uh, to, to quell some of those uh, concerns about play strength and, and durability. I was looking at the weight more than anything. Um, Mac, I'll defer to you. We knew he was short. <laughs> <laughs> he said it better. 
Alabama words. listed him at six feet one ninety four. But we knew he was short on and an he, Alabama he, phone book. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You, you knew he was short, but he's productive. I mean, he's a productive. He's a dealer, and so you you knew that you knew that going in. I I would have loved to have been in a meeting room with him. That's what I would like to do because he supposedly is really good at that. But you're 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 looking at a productive player, so there was no there was no shock or surprise to anybody that was there, and everybody in the National Football League was there. That when they measured him, they went, "Oh, I didn't know he was short." We knew he was short. <laughs> All right, so let's continue with this question: Who was more impressive in Indianapolis, Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud or Kentucky quarterback Will Levis? C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud to me had the best quarterback workout of any of them other than Richardson. Richardson had some more to prove just because, but C.J. Stroud, uh, location of the ball, smoothness, just C.J. Stroud without a doubt in my mind. Okay, moment of truth for both Rhett and Coach Mack. Rhett goes first. Rhett Bryant finished this sentence. The top four quarterbacks in the 2023 NFL draft will be selected within the first blank overall picks. Nine. So the top four quarterbacks will be selected in the first nine overall picks. Okay, Coach Mack, your turn. The top four quarterbacks in the 2023 NFL draft will be selected within the first eight eight overall picks. Amy Wells, does that surprise you? Yes, that surprises me. That just, wow. Did we think that going up there? No. But there's a quarterback draft, guys, and there's a desperation for quarterbacks. Well, we just talked about what C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson did while everyone in the eyes were all on them. Now, now that's not the end-all, be-all, but we've seen how that pumps your stock up. Well, and Levis did a good job, too. He might not have been as spectacular as the others were, but the, the feeling was he did a good job, right? If you were a Will Levis fan going in. Right. You were a Will Levis fan coming out. Which is what needed to happen for him. Which is what needed to happen for him. I can give you a quarterback that didn't happen real well for him. You didn't ask me this question. Well, sure. So I won't until you ask me the question. Coach, <laughs> give me a quarterback that you don't feel like the 2023 NFL Combine went well for. Max Duggan, the quarterback frog. He From was TCU? Wildly erratic. He was, it, it, it wasn't good to him. You know, they say Stetson Bennett did well, too, right? Stetson Bennett, first of all, stepped down there and ran really fast like we knew he would. And four then, six seven. Yeah, and yeah. then just continued to throw and, and threw very well. But, yes, Stetson Bennett is kind of the faceless forgotten man in all of this with his two national championship trophies. And so <laughs> he is. That's right. I mean, it's a it truck. And everybody thought he was a game manager and – I think as the season went along, he showed more and more, and then did, did at the combine. He's more than just a game manager. He'll end up. He'll end up in a camp. It's now halftime of the OTP presented by Duncan Rewards. Download the Duncan app today and start saving and stacking your way to the free Duncan you'll love. Save them, stack them, use them however you want. America runs on Duncan. Terms apply. Rhett Bryan, how do you use your Duncan Rewards? What do you purchase with your Duncan Rewards? Ice lattes. Iced latte. Iced lattes. You too? Well, yeah. I mean, I love a good iced what coffee What do you drink. purchase? What have you used your Dunkin' Rewards for? I, I've got to say, I, I was kind of chuckling because of Rhett, but the last six or seven things I've bought have been the same, Love actually. me a little iced coffee. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they really have been. <laughs> I used mine on a breakfast sandwich, oh, which yeah? was quite a delight. But can you go there and not get coffee? The answer is no. No, I can't. What breakfast I get, sandwich do I you get, get coffee. Sir? I get the um, egg and cheese. Yes. Yes. That's a good go-to. Yes. 
on the English muffin. On the English muffin. Yeah, it's good go-to. Oh, no, Very... you got to do croissant. What's wrong with you people? Okay. Well, well we're more refined. Our, than a croissant? Wee <laughs> <laughs> wee. There's nothing more refined than a croissant. Wee wee. Thank you, Duncan, for the interlude right there. <laughs> Coach Mack, from the chatter that you picked up at the Combine, and you talked to everybody, who is a player who will go in the top ten that you thought would go lower than that before last week? Richardson. Richardson. Yeah. Without a doubt. Without a doubt, Richardson. Anthony Richardson, he says. All right. Well, slightly different version of the same question. Who is a player who will go in the first round that you thought would go lower than that before last week? Lucas Van Ness. Okay. I think everybody's coming around to what that package is, me included. He's not a workout warrior. No. And the thing is, too, I mean, if you if you look at Iowa and you look at Kirk Ferentz, they start their upperclassmen. They start their older guys. Doesn't mean you're going to play all the snaps, but when you hear the whole thing about him not being a starter, if you don't know about their program, and Daniel Jeremiah told us this, you know, that's why he's never started a game is because he wasn't one of the older dudes. It's it's an old school program that does it that way. That's a, You hit it right on the head, and the more you dig on the film, you go, okay, I get it. Let's talk Tennessee Volunteers. Three of them have gotten at least some first-round chatter. Let's go fast here. I'll throw out the name, and you tell me, based on what you saw and heard at the Combine, if this player is going in the first round. Jalen Hyatt. Still going in the first round. Possible. Possible. Darnell Wright. Yes. Bottom of first round now. Bottom of the first. Hendon Hooker. Early second, but could sneak in. Second round. Second round. All right. Rhett, what's the buzz coming out of Indy on the other vol wide out, Cedric Tillman? It's what I've been talking about with the, the wide receiver class. I mean, he's 6'3", 213. So he's one of the bigger receivers in this draft and helped himself, in my opinion. 4'5", 40", 37-inch vert. Uh, his 10-yard split, 1.53 for a guy 6'3", 213. Uh, in a class that, again, doesn't have a ton of big prototypical wide receivers that have been productive, and he's healthy. That's the big thing with him. He was all smiles at the podium that day, and then the next uh, one was over the weekend. He showed out, in my opinion, but it's because he's been healthy. He has got combat catches on tape against the best competition in the country. He did nothing but help himself. Uh, this, this guy will be early second day because of a lot of reasons, but he's got verified tape. You don't have to guess at what he is as a football player. You didn't know all those numbers that Rhett put out, which are really good, but he is a verified combat catcher, and those are valuable in this league. Well, and Rhett said it, I I think, very well early. There are not a lot of widely regarded big receivers in this draft, Coach. Correct, and that's 100% true. But what he's got, you are not projecting with him. You've got it on tape in the Southeastern Conference, which is as good as you get. Every year it feels like there are outstanding players who during the lead-up to the draft, we hear every single little thing that's wrong with them for whatever reason. Who, in your opinion, Coach Mack, is the 2023 draft prospect that media folks and draft experts are over-analyzing and over-dissecting and are just completely overthinking. Peter Skaronsky 
I mean, I, if I had one conversation, I had 27 there. Is he a guard or is he a tackle? Is he a guard or is he a tackle? And finally, I started saying, draft him and play him because he's going to be there for 12 years. Draft him and play him. Don't overthink this. And I'll say the same thing about a different position group, and this is a one that is not one of the deeper ones, but this guy's the head of the class in that group, and that's safety Brian Branch from Alabama. He ran a four five eight forty, and so everybody's like, I don't know. Hey, look. <laughs> How did they say that again? I don't know, buddy. Uh, stop. He's played, again, like you said about Cedric Tillman, against the best every week. He's the top of the safety class, and – you talk about a guy that made an impression. I mean, what a, a smart young man and a leader. And, I mean, I heard all of that at the podium with him. Uh, give me him. Let's go. Anything under 4.6 is fast. Yeah, it's like, hello. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. You gave, him, you gave him the please stop. Please. Here's my please stop. Will Anderson, please stop with this stuff about, oh, I don't know. Darnell Wright, dominate. Well, guess what? Darnell Wright is really, really good. Darnell Wright had a tremendous day. Will Anderson didn't have a good day. But I'll tell you what, he started as a freshman, just walked on campus in the front seven on the national champions, on the best defense in America. He is a serious dude. I would take him right now, anytime. I mean, that guy is a player. I think he's going top five or six. And all this stuff about, well, we don't know about uh, Will Anderson. Know. I don't know. <laughs> These voices. Will, listen, Will Anderson. Oh, but can, you believe, but can you believe this talk? I mean, I'm sitting here listening to these people. I'm going, Darnell Wright is really, well, the Tennessee tape gave us pause. What, one game in his whole career? There is one thing that I have <laughs> one learned game? from the Coach Mack School of Ball. Everybody gets beaten on a given day. And you, well, sure if, you do. If you're, a, if you're a defensive back, you hadn't lived until you got your doors blown off by somebody. Will Anderson is a top five prospect in this draft, maybe in the top two or three. Let me just say this about Will Anderson, and this is probably in a, another question, but we're on Will Anderson now. He impressed me so much at this combine for this reason. First of all, he's first in line because they go alphabetically. But he is a player of major note in this draft. He did every drill, every single drill. He performed, and he performed it uh, – to his utmost ability. And then they asked this group, about three or four of them, to stay afterwards when the group was done to run the hoops, to run the hoops, sure. to, to get a hoop. He stayed right there. Well, Stayed and, right there and jumped up there. And to me, this guy is a legit dude. Oh, Legit. Look, if you don't think he's a player, then you're going to have a problem finding a player. Well, but I don't even think he's hard. I'm no evaluator of talent in terms of all the di – but that guy can play. He played at Alabama, and you you may be listening to the OTP right now, and you may not like Alabama. Fine. But I don't but know, you, Mike. I don't know. Maybe they're, I don't, they're not very good anymore. No, they're, they're fantastic. Their coach is fantastic. Their ability to evaluate and develop talent is fantastic at every level. Give them credit, you know, for what they do. They, there are a lot of great players in the NFL right now who came from Alabama. So he's got a pedigree. He's got the size. I mean, Will Anderson is what you want on defense. I don't think the Titans are going to end up with him because I think he's going to go before the Titans could even pick him. But the bottom line is he's a winner in the NFL. If he doesn't end up being, it's a much bigger upset to me than if he ends up being a Pro Bowl. See, I don't get to interview these guys like I used to, you know, when I was deep into the coaching part of it. But I still look at it as a coach and just – 
going back by what I said, watching what he did, just watching his mannerisms, and then the way he approached this, even being a premier player, because he could have run a 40 and said, that's enough. Every drill. That means something through my coaching eyes when I'm watching the type of player you're going to get in your locker room. He likes to play. Yeah, and he's not afraid to compete. Right. And, I mean, that's like a Harold Landry for this, for this team. Harold Landry likes to play. I think it's one of the biggest things the Titans missed last year on defense about not having Harold is the way – the number of snaps he gives in the sacks and the tackles and he plays the run, he'll drop into coverage. I get all that. But that guy likes to go. He just wants to be on the field contributing. Yep. He wants to go. He wants to go hard. And having that just within a defense – Hard to replace that. Elevates everybody else. All right, Amy, you're going to start this one. What was the best story, your best story from the 2023 Combine? I think my – I guess my favorite story of the 2023 Combine has been Anthony Richardson and watching him week after week, day after day. It feels like his stock – rises in a way that you can almost physically see because the conversation it felt like every day was like all right I mean here's a guy he was kind he was only one year starter at Florida we don't really know but you know he seems to have some things on paper that we like and then it was like well we'll get him to the combine we'll measure him we'll see well then he measures pretty good and well we'll get him on the field and see what he does and then he works out really well and then it's like well we got to meet this guy maybe he sucks and then people are saying well he doesn't really suck that bad I don't know (laughs) and and it just (laughs) keeps getting better and better it feels like you can physically see this guy Mm -hmm. rise up boards every single day and it's wild I can't remember a time where one guy changed opinions or changed the conversation around what those opinions could be throughout the NFL so consistently every single day it feels like I mean even throughout the course of doing this podcast my evaluation of him and my thoughts about him have changed from before we started to after you guys were talking about his workouts and your evaluations of him. It just seems like he's rising higher and higher every time. We'll see what happens as he goes on his 30 visits, you know, when he starts to meet with clubs on a more intimate level and start to really get in there and have, you know, start to hear the rumors and things kind of milling about about what he's like when he gets on a whiteboard and what's he like when he meets with staffs and that kind of stuff. But it has been wild to me how much the opinion of him has changed in such a short amount of time. Your story, Coach. Your favorite story. Sean Payton's coming back. Ah. That was a big in the circles I, I moved with. And I talked to Sean for quite a while there. And the fact that he got Mike Westoff to come out of retirement. If you don't know Mike Westoff's name, I mean, this is a special teams guru of all gurus. You know, I mean, he, he started in – 1982 he and I passed in the hall at TCU I was coming into TCU he thought he was done he wrote his book check it out I mean he he, he wrote his book his book's called figure it out he wrote a book he figured he was done 2018 beat bone cancers got a rod in his leg I mean the whole thing but Sean Payton and then I talked to Westoff talked him into coming back and so and so he that that was very interesting to me and just Sean Payton being back because that whole thing in Denver last year was a disaster, and now it's not so much a disaster. And so that was a big story. For me, I, you know, I always watch to see a guy who maybe didn't have a whole lot of production that you wanted to see in college, came from a high-profile uh, program, and then really turns it on at the Combine. And it turns out he's got a great personality. That's Nolan Smith from Georgia. And 
they were one of the first groups to work out last week, and he blew it away. You know, he had a great 40-time and 40-inch vertical and the whole deal. And then he had this awesome interview with Stacy Dales of NFL Network on field. The next morning, as I'm coming my way down to you guys, I run into Stacy Dales, and I said, hey, great interview with him. What a n- cool young man. And she goes, oh, thank you for that, but I defer to him. He, and I was, we were just talking about the person that he appears to be because he was the one guy, I told you, of the first group that spoke at the podiums that week. He held court for 20 minutes. And it just it wasn't that he was just ripping, you know, Rodney Dangerfield one liners. I mean, he he had there's a person there who is likable. He uh, just notices he's observant. Like in his interview with Stacey Dales, he's talking about the the new restaurant that they have at the University of Georgia's campus and the lady that runs it. And shout out to her. He he know he's one of those people that he knows everybody in the he'll know everybody in the building when he comes into whoever drafts him. And it was just uh, an interesting to see that young man operate in what Coach Mack always talks about being every day's an interview. I think he passed the interview. For me, it was Houston and Indianapolis and their changes and what they're going to look like going forward. Uh, new coaches in each place, basically new staffs in each place, both probably going to draft a quarterback in the top five according to where they end up right now. Houston's two and Indy's four. We'll see where they stay. But it is the dawn of a new era for those two teams. So you've got that to consider. And Jacksonville very much is walking around like the champs right now. They, they are the champs. They, they've got Calvin Ridley, who's been reinstated to go, you know, with Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram was franchised. And they got Zay Jones and, you know, Travis Etienne. And, I mean, they, they are fully convinced they got it. And Doug Peterson's talking about our window is open. And here we go. They lost nine games last year. <laughs> they, went, they went 10 and nine, you know, if you consider the playoffs. Now, they got hot down the stretch, and they improved the second half, and they were the best team in the division. But I think everybody is kind of sleeping on the Titans right now. Anybody who thinks the Titans are rebuilding is making a bad mistake. So it may be Jacksonville's time. We've got the two people who've made the the big changes also in the division, and now I think everybody's waiting to see what the Titans do as we move toward free agency in the next look. Well, Mike, we had a chance to talk to a bunch of different people including all of the um, all of the play-by-play guys for everyone around sure. the AFC South. That was an interesting conversation. But I would be interested to know who was your favorite person that we interviewed at the Combine? Cynthia Freeland. Yeah. I'm fascinated by the analytics part of it. I'm fascinated by what she does and, and how they gather that. And I'm trying to learn as much as I can about how all of that works based on the fact that the Titans are going to be more of an analytics-based team. They were headed that way with John Robinson, and he had started to make a lot of turns towards that, and obviously Rand Carthon comes in from a San Francisco franchise that uses them in a very different way. And I'm interested to learn what that means towards what our players are going to look like in terms of how they stack up and what they're looking for, but also specifically how the roster will look. So she she provides a lot of insight. We got to talk to her for a long – well, I should say, Coach Mack got to talk to her yeah. for a long time yeah. off the air. <laughs> he spent a lot of time with her, but we got to listen, and she's fascinating. Yeah. For right. me, it was Judy Batista, a longtime writer of NFL media, 
a lady well respected in her circles. Uh, you know, you talked about you know reading her columns and things for a long time. I same way, and you know, very connected with the league and the top people, and really enjoyed the visit with her and you know the the top storylines that are revolving for the new fiscal year. Cynthia Freeland, without a doubt, got it written down. Mike and I didn't talk about this. I mean, I don't text with him like Peyton Manning does. But <laughs> wow, you know it's funny you'd say that. I've just got no, a, you didn't. I've just gotten a text right now. <laughs> There's no way. Yeah, I've just I'm gotten not a, buying this. I've just gotten it's a text on the floor right there, on but the floor. No, this you have is to live. show it to me. We're not editing this right now. I have just gotten a text from Archie Manning. <laughs> no, you <laughs> haven't. Outstanding. Yes, uh, he 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 texted me wrongly. He said, Mike, this is Archie. Wrong text. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All the best, Archie. So that just happened uh, literally one minute ago. That's the best. To, to my point. Wait. That's awesome. My dad still contends Archie Manning was better than Eli or Peyton, by the way. He, really? He's correct. Mm -hmm. Archie Manning was a hell of an athlete. Yeah. That's just what, on a really bad team. He was on a really bad team. His contention is if he played in these kind of offenses today. He'd still be playing. He would be Patrick Mahomes. Yes. He was. That uh, he was that spectacular as an, as an overall athlete. This really took a left turn. All right. So Coach Mack and I say Cynthia Freeland. Amy, who do you say? I say Judy Batista like Rhett. So there you go. We all were doubling up then. Do you think it was bad when I said to Judy Batista I started reading your columns when I was a kid? Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, just she, as a general rule. <laughs> well, and she's not much. She's like just months older than I am. So that, that wouldn't works. have been true. I did say, I did tell her after the fact, though, that I started reading her stuff in the early 1990s just as a fan of the NFL, loved the NFL, Followed the NFL closely, and she was one of those before Adam Schefter and before Ian Rappaport and all of the quote unquote insiders. Really, the only insider was Chris Mortensen. Mm -hmm. That was it. And Judy Batista got stuff, and she was an excellent reporter and excellent writer. And she has a lot of the good on field stuff, but. Rules changes, what's going to happen in Washington, stuff like that. Uh, I mean. Stuff I, that comes out of the owner's meetings. Well, the stuff that comes out of Park Avenue, too. Mm -hmm. if, if something's coming out of the NFL office, Judy Batista gets it. And that's what makes her so interesting to me, because you can talk to her about anything, and she knows something about it, and she knows it from an angle that you either haven't heard or haven't considered because her sources are so much different than anybody else's mm -hmm. that you're getting in the NFL. And I just I think she's so cool and she's so smart. And I started reading her when she was at the New York Times. I did too. And so I always just thought that she was the pinnacle of sports reporting. And so being able to talk to her was I describe fun her and as connected. She's oh, connected. yeah. Oh, yeah. She's yeah. like one of the political reporters mm -hmm. or the White House reporters or the congressional reporters or one of the financial reporters on Wall Street that you when they come on, you go, yes, I'm watching that. Judy Batista is not getting things off Twitter. No. Like that no. is she is a whole different level. She's of, a franchise. Yeah. Yep. I mean, and she's she is, just cool. She is an absolute franchise. Well, great job, Amy Wells in Indianapolis. Great job, Brett Bryan. Coach Mack knows he does a great job, and everybody loves him. And uh, Ashley Farrell, fantastic job. Thank you so much for all you did. I don't know if you've enjoyed 10 straight days of the OTP. 
OT people. It, maybe it's too much. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it is. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, I don't I, know. I mean, I'm not really sure. Maybe it's too much. <laughs> so maybe you've thought to yourself, please stop. Please stop with all these OTPs. If we're bothering you, we This apologize. is the last one. This is the last one for, for a, a while. minute. Yeah. Well, we'll see if we, now we told you the thing in the Jim Wyatt OTP mailbag show on Sunday, and he mentioned the non-tampering policy um, that we can't sit around and do any speculation. That we do know. We, we, we can't know sit that hundred percent. I don't know. I don't, we, know. We I, know. I'm, I don't know anything. Um, because the the whole thing is, uh, if we do, we'll get fined or fired or. Whatever. And I don't want to. Really, one. don't want to do that. That would be that would be a negative. It could ruin your day. Yeah. Yeah. So we're not going to do that. We're not. And and what it means seriously is we can't discuss any speculation, positive, negative, or in between, uh, because the league has made it clear. Because we, Amy and I, are team employees that anything we say in regard to speculation could be seen as an effort put forward specifically by the team to sort of change a mindset or throw somebody off or whatever uh, as if we were being given information in order to put it out there in a way to help our team's position. And um, that's a a competitive advantage issue that has has come into being now with the non-tampering period coming in. So, if there's news that specifically we can talk about, if something has happened, then we will come on and talk about it. The thing that I would caution you about, the, the majority of the reports that will come out about various things around the league, I'd say in excess of 95% are true. But just remember that until somebody, until a team has made an official move or a player has made an official move, or anything, it's not, or they've taken their physical, nothing is official until the teams say it's official. Not because the teams are like, we are the Wizard of Oz, and we're, not for that reason, which is why I'm saying the majority of, the great majority of the reporting you will see is correct. But that's the holdback that I would caution you on, because every year, there's a situation where so-and-so has agreed to terms. You have a Carlos Correa deal, like in baseball, where he'd agreed to terms with the Giants, he'd agreed to terms with the Mets, and he didn't end up with either one of them. And that, that happens in football. There's always a guy who flunks a physical or a trade doesn't go through the right way, and that's why you have to just, as Coach Max says, hold your water. Yep, keep your powder dry. Tis the season for – Twitter to just go ballistic so yes Mike's 100% right a lot of the things that you'll see probably correct however there's a lot that has to happen between the initial report and it actually being final and there are a lot of things that can change within that so until a team says this happened it's because it has officially, legally, it is done. It goes into the wire transfers at 3 o'clock central time. If it doesn't appear on the wire transfer that they put out every day at 3 o'clock central, it's not official. And we we come in when it is official, legally done. We when have they to. post the transactions on NFLcommunications.com, right. there it is. There it is. Yeah. That's exactly right. So that's the – we want to tell the OT people the, the facts about, you know, 
all of this. And, and hopefully through the course of uh, starting a week ago Monday and, and through today, Wednesday, uh, March the 8th, uh, we're just very appreciative that you've tuned in. Hopefully you've gotten some insight. Our hope is that you can go to work and uh, talk to all your friends and, and be the smartest one in the group. That's, That's how we want to help the OT people most and, and entertain you as well. So for Coach Mack, for Amy Wells, for Rhett Bryant, for Ashley Farrell, I'm Mike Keith. Thanking you for listening to the OTP.